Hello, culture gone bad is back. Trippy, I feel like August has been very bad, <laughs> like ridiculously bad. What's going on? How do you measure August? I had to give a lot of feedback this month as well, so I can say it's been very bad. Right. I think while you were having uh, disasters in your life, I was in Greece enjoying my having the best time <laughs> having the best the most relaxing time um in in a forgotten island and in Athens so I think from that point of view we have we may have two different um memories of August you know our society is getting more and more stratified like and you know gap between you and I is getting bigger and bigger you know yeah. if I had to put a visual image of how I see this month you know Pulp Fiction after he injected the adrenaline into her chest and when they're going back in the car and her whole shirt is covered in blood <laughs> that's how I feel great I know right what happened to you oh Jess um I got COVID uh, I think okay. this is third time I got it. The third time. Third time. You are his favorite victim. Uh, I mean, uh, favorite. I mean, after all being a victim these days couldn't be an advantage. Exactly. So. Put it in your CV. That's it. No. COVID I'm a COVID times. survivor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm a three times COVID survivor. Yeah, I'm resilient. I'm resilient, bitch. Use me. everything. <laughs> And um, anyway, you know, for me with COVID, the worst thing about it, it gives me headache and brain fog. So I've been like stupid throughout the whole August, like, like dumb. Good. You know, like, uh, that's why you got the mullet. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Practicing my female reptilian brain, uh, like it was really challenged. <laughs> like I, I was dysfunctional. And in the midst of being dysfunctional, having fatigue, I was like struggling to get out of bed. Anyway, uh, so I was in the street and my, my phone was literally uh, stolen out of my hand. Wow. Uh, just here in East London on the street. Wow. Like, and on the, like the guy in Deliveroo, in Deliveroo bike, Deliveroo like uniform, uh, jumped from the like, road on the pavement on the bike behind me grabbed it and just drove wow. away um to be honest uh i think you know maybe it's silly of me i thought we kind of got out of times when people do such brutal robberies i i thought today no was... it happened to me as well yeah okay in milan yes milano yeah oh Dolce Vita. <laughs> yeah I think if they see you, that's why they always uh, advise you not to wear, uh, not to carry a phone in your hands when walking. Uh, I was not walking. Cities. I was not walking. I was standing. Yeah, but you yeah. had your phone in your hands. I had, and I think I was still brain fogged, so I probably wasn't thinking mm. straight. But uh, that was quite marvelous because I was on the way to airport, and because of that. Uh, we missed the flight and wow. we like because obviously I also had all the details on my phone like everything and basically it was a mess and I ended up spending evening with police I was, is, I was meant to be in an airport but that, I spent an evening that with sounds police. really a nightmare it was yeah it was a I nightmare can... police was asking me if I remember the color of an eye of a delivery driver I was like the color color of his eyes color Why? 
because we needed to draw a portrait. To identify. Identify. Oh. I was like, he's wearing the balaclava. You know what? Every day now, like I'm browsing, I don't know, Farfetch. There's a big fashion for balaclavas. Like every fashion yeah. brand is in balaclava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after Demna Tassalia. I'm offended. Yeah. I'm fucking offended. I think it's antisocial what we are allowed to sell balaclavas just like this. Yeah, when I, when I grew up in Italy, um, I grew up in Sardinia, which is an island where there is there used to be now not anymore but there used to be when in the 90s and 80s a huge number of uh, sardinians people of my region kidnapping rich people because it's a destination for rich people and i remember it was forbidden in italy at least in sardinia but i think in the rest of italy as well uh, it was forbidden to wear balaclava because probably because of that as well and probably in the south for mafia yeah so it was forbidden i yeah, I don't know why. No, I don't know. Now, basically, balaclavas and Deliveroo gives me chills. Of course. And I wonder whether it was a real Deliveroo guy or... I mean, it was after be... all, we live in a geek uh, world. You know, everyone is trying to hustle. So I imagine he's probably multitasking. You know, he was probably delivering food and he was yeah, like, you know, might, still, as yeah. well, might as well grab someone's phone. Uh, yeah, to be honest, like I could see my phone location and everything, and police would do nothing about it. And police also asked me, Alexandra, why are you so worried and upset? I'm like, excuse me, like my phone is stolen. I missed the flight. How do you think I'm supposed to film? I'm like, oh, not too big. There's going to be another flight tomorrow. What a way to live. Like, <laughs> like useless. But anyway, the best thing is, uh, my insurance company and my network provider mixed up my details and oh. I got blacklisted and I got accused of stealing a phone. Um, I spent two weeks talking to call centers in India, um, which was just marvelous. Uh, no one was helping me. I was, you know, sent on this merry-go-round, like, stay on the line, I will connect with someone else. I had to tell the same story, maybe. 200 times and they kept on blacklisting me blocking me at some point I also was told what my phone is not an iPhone and I was like okay cool like tell me what's my phone is and they were like why don't you open settings and check what is your phone <laughs> I think my reality my idea about people having any sort of a skill or professional in this world is gone like mm. i had the most surreal conversations i've been told you know what i don't have an iphone uh, i've been asked how did i even manage to acquire this phone yeah just fucking put a delivery jacket guys you know and like went around wow. london looking for a phone like how do you think i got a fucking iphone in my hand Jesus. i I literally, and you know what, Drippy, like, I understand, yeah, maybe, maybe some questions or maybe some ways of how we communicate things, maybe they don't come across straight, considering people on the other half of the world, maybe, maybe they expect something different, but I thought it was a very simple thing to sort out the phone which was stolen, but they basically blocked my new phone, they unblocked my stolen phone, uh, insurance company tried to claim a legal sort of, uh, um, Warrant against me because they thought I tried to fraud them. Mm. It is it, it, just ridiculous, you know. Considering I, I've been, I've been wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think they try to protect themselves because a lot of people uh, pretend that they're 
use insurance in this way. So I think they were um, some somehow trying to protect the comp themselves from from frauds, and uh, and they are, they do this all the time. Like for instance, when you go to a call center, uh, they they have very few people working, and they're usually never enough. And you have uh, ten minutes of explanation of like um, press if you have to do this press one and then press two and then and then they send back to the main menu and then you press wrong and it's a hell. And they do it on purpose. It's not because it makes the service more smooth is because they want you to be pissed off so that you call them as little as possible. So it's... It, it, well, it didn't work with me. Very, would... it's, a, it's a very wise use of bureaucracy, I think, that they do, but you, wise for themselves, that makes the life life very difficult for us, but makes the, their, um, their service more difficult to access. Therefore, they are less bothered by us. I, I think it's dumb of a type of conversations have been having and this type of questions have been asked like you know to tell me well, it's not an iphone but no i don't know what i have do you think i'm talking to my hand or maybe i'm using my hand as a phone i don't know guys like literally what do i have anymore wow. and after that i had to go to bank to verify my identity and what do you mean I had to go to the bank to verify my identity as part of a claim. Uh, went to bank and basically went with my passport. And you know what bank told me? They told me that they can't read my name, so they won't be able to help me. They can't read your name because it's in Cyrillic? No. No. I have a British passport. They just told me they cannot read it. I'm like, are you familiar with British alphabet? They just didn't tell me anything. What? I'm not making it up. What do you mean they can't read your name? It is I like scratched. No, no. I think we'll reach the point in our society where people have zero skills, zero qualifications to do anything. I, I literally have no hope for our humanity. I think it's a miracle what our world wow. somehow still functions, what you know, what uh planes take off what tube works, what something is on the food shelves in food stores. I think it's incredible what anything's functioning because the level in which our society is today is beyond me. You know, people unable of doing the simplest job. We can't even read uh, letters. Like we got to the point where they told me where I think letters in my passport are not clear. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah, Jupia, I literally think uh, it's been a surreal month and culture got very bad. I'm very sorry to hear. I didn't have the same August. Uh, no? No, <laughs> no I, I, I mean, August was pretty weird for, this summer was pretty weird for us in Britain because it was extremely hot. Maybe the very smelt. Very, exactly. Smelter. Very much unlike any other summer. So many maybe as you say brains melted that that would be a good explanation well good how was your summer tell us so you get up to? i told you uh um i have been 10 days in greece uh it was very very beautiful uh athens have you ever been to athens oh, i had not no okay yeah, it's a very fascinating city. And you can really get that despite Europe is very often said to be, you know, an expansion of the descendant of Greek culture. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, not Europe, but Western culture. 
because Europe is a different story, but Western culture is, derives to some extent from British culture. At the same time, though, Greece, like the south of Italy, is already one foot in the Middle East, one foot in North Africa somehow or in the Middle East. And Athens is a very peculiar city, if you go, because it reminded me of Rome in many, in, under many aspects, not so much from the, the structure of the city, that's very different. The structure of the city is very much like Los Angeles with these huge, huge streets, and you need a car to go. Oh. Yeah, you need a car. It, the streets inside the city, in the middle of the city, are huge, humongous. Um, but it reminded me of Rome because there is, so Rome is a, obviously a very unique city. I think it's, the, it's very stratified and you have everything in Rome from ancient Rome to Baroque to a little bit of Middle Ages and then some more modern stuff, etc. So Rome is a unique city from this point of view, comparable to no other city in the world. Uh, but what I think Athens shares with Rome is the human side. Is this this mixture of warmth and, and also people are very sociable, warmth, Mediterranean warmth, and, and these marvelous landscapes. So in Athens, you really have ancient Greece and ancient Rome as well, because the Roman structures are very, very prominent in the city. And then you've got modernity, nothing in between, very little in between. Um, so yeah, structurally it's very different from, from Rome, but the human side of it reminded me of Rome, very hot as well, which is beautiful. And then I went to Evia, which is an island not too far from Athens. Wow. And I enjoy the museums because they are just amazing. And you know what? Extremely well curated. Really? Yes. The Acropolis Museum is fantastic. The Cycladic Museum is amazing. You know, the Cycladic art, the, the prehistoric, mm -hmm. uh, beautiful um, sculptures. And so very, very beautiful, very well curated. Um, so yeah, and the food is good. <laughs> Amazing. So that was my summer, and I came back two days ago. You know, and and struggled in adjusting because it was full summer. It was like 35, 36 degrees there, and then I land, and it's already autumn, and it's already winter. And this morning, when I woke up, was already already autumn was through, and I was like, wow. Now, Sunday, I'm going to Italy again for, for a few days. So I'm going to have another glimpse of summer uh, before, before the long, interminable winter. Winter is coming. Oh, oh indeed, indeed. Um, you know, this is the favorite phrase of a successful TV series, Game of Thrones, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And we now have a new spin-off, The House of Dragons. Right. Have is it you... with the same actors? As far as I have seen, no, this is completely new cast. Because I think all actors were very offended and abused in the previous one. Oh, really? I remember there was some, like, I uh, remember... Who... Are they survivors as well? Like yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, survivors, yeah. I can probably jump on the wagon now. Um, as far as I understand, uh, well, you know, this Emily Clark actress, who I think was everyone's favorite. She was Is it the, the blonde one? Yeah. yeah. As far as I understand, she said that she was abused, uh, sexually objectified. And really? Was, um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I okay, think... abuse and objectified are two different things because objectified people use it for anything. 
um, anyway, I understand she in then gave an interview and she said she didn't enjoy it. And I think okay. like uh, from what I've seen, this is completely a new cast. Maybe uh, maybe my brain is still right. so fogged. I can't I right. can't recognize faces. Okay, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a similar style to the original Game of Thrones. And I somehow kind of wonder, in the reality of today, so much violence, so much mass. Like, uh, why audiences are captivated by something which is even worse somehow? Do you think it sort of makes reality feel a little bit better when we watch TV series like that? Um, I, to be honest, I think that this is the human history for, it has always been the human history. It's not something that happens now with Game of Thrones. Um, wars, think about the, the uh, Odyssey or the Iliad. So wars are fascinating to mankind. We love wars. We are not a peaceful species. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. We need to have both sides. This is what keeps us uh, alert. This is evolu in a, from an evolutionary point of view. It's it's natural. It's normal. Okay, so it's better to leave it sublimating it through a TV series or a myth or a book than actually going to war. Right. So this I can. What strikes me of game about Game of Thrones is that Game of Thrones is mimics the Middle Ages in a phantasmatic way, which mm -hmm. portrays a reality that cannot exist. And this allows them to exit reality and to fall in contradiction without contradiction. So from this point of view, I prefer Game of Thrones, which creates a parallel sort of middle age like but not quite middle age reality. Um, then uh, a series like Hollywood. Did you watch the series Hollywood? No, I haven't. Horrendous or Pose horrendous because they do something else they don't try to create an alternative universe they don't create an imaginary they use an existing imaginary a historical uh, happening a historical period pose like the 80s in new york and the rays of hiv etc and and hollywood is the real story of the great, you know, classical Hollywood cinema, um, but uh, they both project a postmodern, woke fantasy onto the past, which cannot really exist. So you are constantly disturbed. It's almost schizophrenic. At that point, if you have to take reality and pervert it to suit your 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 uh, your political views of the present, because we can't accept anything in fiction that doesn't mimic our system of values today. So at that point. I prefer Game of Thrones that at least invents a new imaginary and if they want and they make everything coherent in a way because everything is fictional okay mm, so like I prefer that than creating a fiction over something pretending that it really happened that way does it make sense I guess in our society we like simulacra right it's yeah. like completely invented and i think it's also what one can calls heterotopia right it's mm -hmm. like a place where everything is possible yeah. murder rape yeah yeah magic in fact th that is the, the the fact that everything is possible is uh, with me it's amazing that is fiction everything should be possible the problem for me is selling something that is imaginary as if it was real that mm -hmm. is the problem yeah. for me, is the confusion of the two plans, because I still believe in reality. Okay, it's not a very postmodern... I attitude. question reality big time. <laughs> <laughs> so fiction is, is precious, but this does not make reality akin to fiction. 
fiction is precious precisely because there is a reality that is different from it. Yeah, it's no, it's quite fascinating. And then uh, next level of, I don't even know if it's reality or simulation, uh, the Gucci advertising campaign. Before going to Gucci, I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing. Now I was talking about Game of Thrones. I didn't finish watching, the, not even the first season. And that is because, uh, you know, TV series have a double type of narrative. One is called the vertical narrative in, in semiological terms, which is the narrative of the single episode, the story that is told within mm -hmm, each mm -hmm. episode. And then you've got the horizontal narrative, which is the narrative of the entire series. Now, I liked very much the vertical narrative. I had the same problem with Mad Men, by the way. I liked very much the vertical narrative, the way in which each episode was crafted, very beautifully crafted from a cinematic point of view. My problem was the horizontal uh, narrative. I felt in the first season, uh, I struggled to go from one episode, to, to be motivated to watch the next episode. So I am, I didn't finish watching it. So um, our uh, audiences will forgive, uh, forgive me. I did watch a few episodes of the first season and then I didn't survive. Sorry, back to, uh, back to Gucci. No, I'm just I'm actually going to say, I watched the whole game of Thrones, like whole, like whatever, like 10 seasons. And you know, I think so. I think wow. probably like um, I don't know, maybe six, like whatever. And um, I actually thought that was a big selling point with horizontal narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I am sure about it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be successful. Of course, I am. I am the sensitive one here. I'm the wrong one here. So I am sure that it was good. What I'm trying to say is that I didn't see this in the first couple of episodes. And I have this with books as well. I always read the first couple of pages if I'm not hooked straight away. And this is personally, it's entirely personal, it's entirely in a personal thing. If I'm not hooked straight away and, and desire to watch avidly the next episode, it, from the, I, I don't endure, I don't, I don't oh. make sense. So if I, I am pretty sure that if I waited five or six episodes more, probably I would have carried on, but I didn't see this within the first couple of episodes personally. So very curious. So how do you read books, Jupy? Like, so let's say if someone you really trust recommends you this mm -hmm. book, yeah, and you start reading it and first yeah. chapter you just don't click with it at all. Do you just give up or yeah. you will? I, I so you Unless never... I have to read it for some reason, because I'm writing a piece about it, because I need it, uh, I need to be to be content and satisfied straight away. Otherwise, I quit it. That's, but this doesn't happen very often because I am very quick in understanding if, a book, if I like a book or not. So usually I go to the bookshop, I read the first page there, I look, I see if the writing style of the author, if I like the writing style, that's the main thing. The story for me, it's second. I need to like the way it's written. Um, so yeah, I read the first page, and if I'm hooked, then I um, then I carry on. Very interesting. I have this tendency. I I don't know if it's some sort of a mental condition. <laughs> I I sometimes have a book, and I'm not a fan of it. Or what does tend to happen? I can be a fan of a book, and I read the first couple of chapters, and I really like them. But then at some point, I feel like it's telling the same story mm -hmm. repeatedly. Uh, but I have a thing, I like to finish what I start. 
yeah. and I kind of force myself to finish it. Maybe not that attentively, but I want to finish it because I get, uh, I don't know, some sort of immense satisfaction from yeah. finishing yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. No, I have the same. I mean, I feel guilty when I abandon a book. I always feel guilty. That's the reason why I pay more attention when I'm choosing what to buy. Mm -hmm then then so that I avoid to have to abandon it doesn't happen very often that I abandon books because I I I think beforehand about uh, whether I want to read a book or not so mm -hmm. yeah because I also like you have this so, sort of super ego telling me you have to finish this you have to finish what you started yeah careful yeah. what you pick <laughs> yeah exactly careful what you pick wow um so fascinating yeah I I do like uh, sort of to complete everything so yeah it's it's an endless list it's an endless list to like to tick tick off cross out yeah it's very satisfying um yeah i was um looking at the gucci's latest uh yeah. campaign which is video and images yeah. and i think it's a perfect example of everyone's brain mm. and any memory of anything i don't know even yeah. a few years ago is completely gone we're just recycling ideas um like horrendously you know what i think next campaign where we'll just take i don't know picasso's guernica and just literally slap model in front of it. i mean uh, this was done by Beyonce and Tiffany. And so yeah, but but like it, it's even difficult to find some to imagine the next move because even the next move is a uh, recycling that has already happened before. So yeah, like we even picked every, the movies, which not were only, like so abused. It's even more yeah, abused. not only everything has been done already. I mean, our perception is that everything has been done already, but even every replication, every use of everything that has been done has been done already so we are in a sort of vicious circle uh, so the ad for who hasn't watched it please go and watch it or don't uh, or don't <laughs> but but just laugh at it um it's a movie by Merton Marcus and uh, it's basically the scenes from uh, Stanley Kubrick's most famous movies. Um, there is everything from Shining, Barry Lyndon, Isaac Chat, intertwined with the garments of the uh, collection. And it's horrendous. It's a useless, uh, useless uh, sort of display of... of mm, of clothes and money and it's truly truly horrendous and it shows that what bothered me was not the fact that it was failed was the fact that it was lazy i can forgive ugliness if i perceive an effort but this one was lazy and laziness is not forgivable ugliness is laziness isn't forgivable i think and and as you say is the postmodern um, ethics of recycling okay? But we have seen this since the 80s, since the 70s, okay? So why do we still need it? Come on, it's even old. Fashion should be about the new, not about the old. <clears throat> now, you know what? I, I would get it if, let's say, they would pick some movies which are rarely you know talked about really reference yeah if they would find some archives maybe avant-garde movies maybe even some sort of experimental filmography from even 20th century but not 
like established and well known, I could understand at least why I would have demonstrated if I have done some research. But it almost looked like we went on Google and we were like, top 20 most popular movie of 20th century, here you go. It, it almost felt like that. Yeah, this, it is this like is that. This is a shocking aspect of it. Exactly. So this is a very important... So now, to reduce postmodernity to the quotation and, and copy of the of something that has... The, of the past is wrong. This is not what postmodernity is about. Uh, because if you take, uh, for instance, uh, Hamlet, is already a transformation of Oedipus. The story of Romeo and Juliet is already the transformation of a uh, Grecian myth. So, uh, and if you look at neoclassicism, neoclassicism is nothing but the, you know, if you look at Canova, the beautiful sculptures of Canova is nothing but the reproposition of classic sculpture in Greece. What is the point with postmodernity? It's not the copy, it's the fact that A, uh, the uh, inspiration is chosen with total indifference. It could be one, it could be the other, doesn't make a difference. This time it's Kubrick, next time it will be, I don't know, Beverly Hills, the, the TV series of the 90s. Everything is chosen with total indifference. The point is, is copying, the point is not the reference, okay? And then another thing is the fact that it's mimicked without elaboration. Now, if you look at the 2014, I think it was, uh, collection of Prada inspired by Fassbinder mm -hmm. and by uh, Boyce, uh, you have to really, really, really look for the reference because it's not obvious at all. So what Alessandro Michele would have done would have been to look at Fassbinder's Petra von Kant and recreate exactly the same clothes with minimal changes. But Miuccio Prada copies in a modern way, not in a postmodern way. And the way is what you were saying, researching not any source, but very well-chosen sources, select, so a process of selection and a process of transformation. Postmodernity and Alessandro Michele is the perfect example of this, does not elaborate, and does not select carefully. So this is, I think, the sort of the very jaded and tired, uh, yeah. sort of late postmodernity. And you know, I I truly understand. You know what what I always reference Frankfurt School and Adorn and how he outlined. Yeah, we always have almost like templates. Uh, yeah. You know, where's going to be the uh, antagonist, where's going to be the hero, where's going to be yeah. some drama, some twist. And if this is the type of a sequence you like, uh, today algorithm will recommend you this. Like, if you like this, you'll, yeah. you'll enjoy this. And I get it. And there is no way we can invent uh, new stories like Romeo and Juliet, yeah. tragic love. Like, it's, there's going to be a story like that. It's just different ways of interpreting it. And as sad as it is, probably these human beings are a bit limited with experiences and sort of uh, flow of these experiences and what we can resonate and what we can culturally appreciate and appropriate. But at the same time, I just think, yeah, it, it's ridiculous what was lack of effort, uh, lack of any sort of uh, trying to reinvigorate all these mm. classic stories and tragedies. And I don't. I. I. I'm, my, the question is, how long will Gucci carry on for? I think. I think they can it's carry done, on forever. Now, Jupe, I think this is a problem. Hmm. I think we live in a time where, like you know, open TikTok, 
uh, I, I, I don't want to, you know, sound judgmental, but I think we live in a society where most of people have no idea about these movies. They probably are not even interested. And for them, most of people who will look at this content, will perceive it as new. Will, will perceive yeah. it as new. And you know what? Uh, you know, hate me, cancel me, but I had no, but horrendous I'm not experience. About I had horrendous experience this month when I talked to people about a very simple problem. I'm blocking my phone. And every day it was a groundhog day, me doing exactly the same thing. And what I realized, the person I spoke to yesterday has completely zero recollection of what we have mm. done. Uh, but yeah, no, 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 this I agree with. The so time span is, yeah, however, what I'm talking about is not even the film, it's not even the type of communication that Gucci has. I'm not focusing on that now, I'm focusing on the clothes. Uh, you can make Kubrick appear new because young people are probably ignorant of Kubrick and, and maybe they don't know very well what, is, what Kubrick made, etc. I'm talking about the clothes. If you if you look at the at the collection at Alexander Michael's collections, it's very very difficult to find differences between the first collection in 2014 when it when it was and today. So that's that's what I'm that unfortunately that is constantly under our eyes. So that ages. You know, Kubrick may seem new, but the clothes that they put inside of the movie, those are already old because they have been the same uh, for, for seasons. I think that the strategy of Gucci is that initially they were uh, a sort of a brand that everybody was looking at, everybody was buying. And then Alessandro Michele, because he's not able to change his own strategy, what, what is happening is that he is um, looking for a niche a very solid niche and talking only to them because they will carry on buying Gucci. So I, I think that I agree with you, Postmodernity will carry on, but I think Alessandro Michele will finish. To be honest, I, and I hope don't so on this care. I yeah. only hope my fucking phone works and I have <laughs> less ridiculous conversation, at least for the, till the end of this year. I, I really think culture gone too bad. You know, all these services, all these companies. And then they always sent me, Alexandra, are you happy with my service today? I was like, is it a joke? And then I would receive an email asking me, uh, uh, can you please rate my experience from zero to 10? And the next question would be, how much would you like to repeat this experience? You know, to be stolen the phone. <laughs> and, and some of them, yeah, yeah. Would be like, you know what? The only person I'm still waiting to contact, I mean, they contact me trying to steal my login details, pretending they have found my phone. I mean, the delivery room yeah, yeah. or whoever contractor. But I'm still waiting for him to message me and ask me how I would rate his service from zero to 10 <laughs> and if I would like to repeat the experience again. Um, yeah, Drupi, I how, think... How do you rate things? You know, my, and I, I'm going to disclose this to all the Uber drivers listening to me. I only give five stars to the Uber drivers who shut up when I get into the car. Okay, that's my one thing. You have to drive reasonably you know, well, okay, that's important, but you have to leave me the fuck alone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm an introvert. I don't want to speak to people. So the moment in which I sit on a taxi, on a car, I won't be left alone. And if somebody leaves me alone and gets me to where I have to go, five stars. No, I enjoy talking to Uber drivers. I, I like I, I like to talk like 
you know, about their life, because all of them usually have some side hustle, and I find it quite interesting, and I'm quite curious to talk about the trade in between, like how it works, how much percentage we get, I don't know, for me it's so interesting. The thing is this, I... Two things. One, I hate small talk in general. I don't. Oh no! I get straight hate, to the business. I, How much money you gonna on, get from hold this? Hold on. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. I hate small talk, so I don't do small talk. Uh, I mean, it makes me very uncomfortable in general. But then there is a second problem that it happened twice. I uh, I was talking to uh, Uber drivers about some maybe deeper things. We were talking about uh, they were from they were Muslim. Similar occurrence. <laughs> they were they were Muslim, both of them. And I think or maybe one was Christian. Anyway, one was certainly Muslim, and it happened to me twice. And I kept talking about because I've been to you know one of my favorite places in the world is Jerusalem. Them. And especially if you go to the uh, to the Golden Shrine, which is the place where Mohammed allegedly flew to the skies after uh, you know his last night on Earth, walking through the desert. Uh, so um, I um, I told the the, uh, the driver that I've been there, and then I thought the Golden Shrine was fantastic, which it it is. I suggest everybody go to Jerusalem and go there because it's amazing. And I have great respect for any faith, of course, but I'm an atheist and I want to stay so. And uh, the moment in which I said that I've been there, because that is the third most holy place in the world mm -hmm. uh, for, for Muslims, um, the Uber, Uber driver did not understand that I was culturally interested in it, thought that there was some faith in me and tried to convert me and started giving me, uh, you know... How can you be converted to Uber? YouTube. No, you, YouTube videos of some imam uh, who preaches online with very questionable ideas, by the way, but that's a different story. Uh, and and he was trying to convince to convert me just because I was interested. So he didn't get that I was interested in the culture. It didn't mean that I want to, you know, convert. Uh, and it happened twice, and that makes me very uncomfortable. So if if avoiding small talk means getting into this uh, type of situations in which it becomes a little bit too close, then I prefer to, that's the reason why I, and I don't know how to handle these situations. That's the thing, not just with Uber drivers in general. So, I mean, I don't know how to handle anything. You know, after all, no one can read my passport. I don't have an iPhone. And you know what? Um, you, you've got nothing now. I have no identity. No identity. Good. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's good. Maybe I can start good. everything all over again. Yeah. You Does it be, give me a second chance? You can be a spy. I can be a spy. Um, Nobody can trace you. No one can trace me yet because I, I have no identity at this yeah. point. Wonderful. Wonderful, Drupi. So how would you rate uh, August from zero to 10? The first part of August, I would rate six. The second part of August, I would rate eight the, the 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 trip i would rate nine but in general you um you know what i do with emails about feedback there's a very good button send to trash that's what i do right. i'm sending it to trash <laughs> um yeah culture's come back till next yeah. time till next time